four of the two noble kinsmen by william shakespeare and john fletcher this librivox recording is in the public domain act four scene one athens a room in the prison enter jailer and first friend fear you no more was nothing said of me concerning the escape of palamon good sir remember nothing that i heard for i came home before the business was fully ended yet i might perceive ere i departed a great likelihood of both their pardons for hippolyta and fair-eyed emily upon their knees begged with such handsome pity that the duke methought stood staggering whether he should follow his rash oath or the sweet compassion of those two ladies and to second them that truly noble prince pirithos half his own heart set in two that i hope all shall be well neither heard i one question of your name or his scape pray heaven it holds so enter second friend be of good comfort man i bring you news good news they are welcome palamon has cleared you and got your pardon and discovered how and by whose means he escaped which was your daughters whose pardon is procured too and the prisoner not to be held ungrateful to her goodness has given a sum of money to her marriage a large one i'll assure you ye are a good man and ever bring good news how was it ended why as it should be they that never begged but they prevailed had their suits fairly granted the prisoners have their lives i knew twould be so but there be new conditions which you'll hear of at better time i hope they are good they're honourable how good they'll prove i'll know not twill be known enter wooer alas sir where's your daughter why do you ask oh sir when did you see her how he looks this morning was she well was she in health sir where did she sleep these are strange questions i do not think she was very well for now you make me mind her but this very day i asked her questions and she answered me so far from what she was so childishly so sillily as if she were a fool and innocent and i was very angry but what of her sir nothing but my pity but you must know it and as good by me as by another that less loves her well sir not right not well no sir not well tis too true she is mad it cannot be believe you'll find it so i have suspected what you have told me the gods comfort her either this was her love to pelamon or fear of my miscarrying on his keep or both tis likely but why all this haste sir i'll tell you quickly as i late was angling in the great lake that lies behind the palace from the far shore thick set with reeds and sedges as patiently i was attending sport i heard a voice a shrill one and attentive i gave my ear when i might well perceive twas one that sung and by the smallness of it a boy or a woman i then left my angle to his own skill came near but yet perceived not who made the sound the rushes and the reeds had so encompassed it i laid me down and listened to the words she sung for then 
through a small glade cut by the fisherman. I saw it was your daughter. Pray, go on, sir. She sang much, but no sense. Only I heard her repeat this often. Palamon is gone, is gone to the wood to gather mulberries. I'll find him out to-morrow. Pretty soul. His shackles will betray him. He'll be taken, and what shall I do then? I'll bring a bevy, a hundred black-eyed maids that love as I do, with chaplets on their heads of daffodillies, with cherry lips and cheeks of damask roses, and all will dance an antic for the duke and beg his pardon. Then she talked of you, sir, that you must lose your head to-morrow morning, and she must gather flowers to bury you, and see the house made handsome. Then she sang nothing but willow, 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 and between ever was Palamon, fair Palamon, and Palamon was a tall young man. The place was knee-deep where she sat, her careless tresses a wreath of bulrushes round it, about her stuck thousand fresh water-flowers of several colours, that methought she appeared like the fair nymph that feeds the lakes with waters, or as an iris newly dropped down from heaven. Rings she made of rushes that grew by, and to whom spoke the prettiest posies. Thus our true love's tide, this you may lose, not me, and many a one. And then she wept, and sung again, and sighed, and with the same breath smiled and kissed her hand. Alas! What pity tis! I made in to her. She saw me, and straight sought the flood. I saved her, and set her safe to land, when presently she slipped away, and to the city maid, with such a cry and swiftness that, believe me, she left me far behind her. Three or four I saw from far off cross her, one of them I knew to be your brother, where she stayed, and fell scarce to be got away. I left them with her, and hither came to tell you. Here they are. Enter jailer's brother, daughter, and others. May you never more enjoy the light. Is not this a fine song? Oh, a very fine one. I can sing twenty more. I think you can. Yes, truly can I. I can sing the broom and bonny robin. Are not you a tailor? Yes. Where's my wedding gown? I'll bring it to-morrow. Do. Very rarely. I must be abroad else to call the maids and pay the minstrels. Oh, fair, oh, sweet. You must even take it patiently. Tis true. Good even, good men. Pray, did you ever hear of one young Palamon? Yes, wench, we know him. Is not a fine young gentleman. Tis love. By no means crosser. She is then distempered, far worse than now she shews. Yes, he's a fine man. Oh, is he so? You have a sister? Yes. But she shall never have him. Tell her so. For a trick that I know. You'd better look to her. And if she see him once, she's gone. She's done and undone in an hour. All the young maids of our town are in love with him. But I laugh at him. Then let him all alone. Is not a wise course? Yes. They come from all parts of the dukedom to him. I'll warrant ye. She's lost. Past all cure. Heaven forbid, man! Come hither. You're a wise man. Does she know him? No. Would she did? Your master of a ship? Yes. Where's your compass? Here. Set it to the north. And now, direct your course to the wood, where Palamon lies longing for me. 
for the tackling let me alone. Come weigh my heart's cheerly. Away, away, away. Tis up, tis up, the wind is fair. Where's your whistle, master? Top the bowling. Top the bowling, out with the main shield. Let's get her in. Up to the top, boy. Where's the pilot? Here. What canst thou? A fair wood. Bear for it, master. Tack about. When Cynthia with her borrowed light. Exeunt. Scene two. Athens. A room in the palace. Enter Amelia with two pictures. Yet I may bind those wounds up that must open and bleed to death for my sake else. I'll choose and end their strife. Two such young handsome men shall never fall for me. Their weeping mothers, following the dead-cold ashes of their sons, shall never curse my cruelty. Good heaven, what a sweet face has Archite! If wise nature, with all her best endowments, all those beauties she sows into the births of noble bodies, were here a mortal woman, and had in her the coy denials of young maids, yet doubtless she would run mad for this man. What an eye, of what a fiery sparkle and quick sweetness has this young prince! Here love himself sits smiling, just another want in Ganymede, set Jove afire with, and enforce the gods, snatch up the goodly boy, and set him by him, a shining constellation. What a brow, of what a spacious majesty he carries, arched like the great-eyed Juno's, but far sweeter, smoother than Pelop's shoulder. Fame and honour, methinks from hence as from a promontory, pointed in heaven, should clap their wings, and sing to all the underworld, the loves and fights of gods, and such men near em. Palamon is but his foil, to him a mere dull shadow, he swarth and meagre, of an eye as heavy as if he had lost his mother, a still temper, no stirring in him, no alacrity, of all this sprightly sharpness, not a smile. Yet these that we count errors may become him. Narcissus was a sad boy, but a heavenly. Oh, who can find the bent of women's fancy? I am a fool, my reason is lost in me. I have no choice, and I have lied so lewdly that women ought to beat me. On my knees I ask thy pardon, Palamon. Thou art alone, and only beautiful, and these the eyes, these the bright lamps of beauty, that command and threaten love, and what young maid dare cross em? What a bold gravity, and yet inviting, has this brown manly face! O oh, love, this only from this hour is complexion! Lie there, Archite, thou art a changeling to him, a mere gypsy, and this the noble body! I am sotted, utterly lost, my virgin's faith has fled me, for if my brother but e'en now had asked me whether I loved, I had run mad for Archite, now if my sister, more for Palamon. Stand both together. Now come, ask me, brother. Alas, I know not. Ask me now, sweet sister. I may go look. What a mere child is fancy, that having two fair gods of equal sweetness, cannot distinguish but must cry for both. Enter a gentleman. From the noble duke, your brother, madam, I bring you news. The knights are come. To end the quarrel? Yes. Would I might end first? What sins have I committed, chaste Diana, that my unspotted youth must now be soiled with blood of princes, and my chastity be made the altar where the lives of lovers, too greater and too better, never yet made mother's joy, must be the sacrifice to my unhappy beauty? 
i had rather both so neither for my sake should fall untimely enter theseus hippolyta perithous and attendants bring him in quickly by any means i long to see him your two contending lovers are returned and with them their fair knights now my fair sister you must love one of them must these men die too who saw em i a while and i enter a messenger from whence come you sir from the knights pray speak you that have seen them what they are i will sir and truly what i think six braver spirits than these they have brought if we judge by the outside i never saw nor read of he that stands in the first place with archite by his seeming should be a stout man by his face a prince his very looks to say him his complexion nearer a brown than black stern and yet noble which shows him hardy fearless proud of dangers the circles of his eyes show fire within him and as a heated lion so he looks his hair hangs long behind him black and shining like raven's wings his shoulders broad and strong armed long and round and on his thigh a sword hung by a curious baldric when he frowns to seal his will with there o oh my conscience was never soldier's friend thou hast well described him yet a great deal short methinks of him that's first with palamon pray speak him friend i guess he is a prince too and if it may be greater for his show has all the ornament of honour in it he's somewhat bigger than the knight he spoke of but of a face far sweeter his complexion is as a ripe grape ruddy he has felt without doubt that he fights for and so after to make this cause his own in face appears all the fair hopes of what he undertakes and when he's angry then a settled valour not tainted with extremes runs through his body and guides his arm to brave things fear he cannot he shows no such soft temper his head's yellow hard-haired and curled thick twinned like ivy tods not to undo with thunder in his face the livery of the warlike maid appears pure red and white for yet no beard has blessed him and in his rolling eyes sits victory as if she ever meant to crown his valour his nose stands high a character of honour his red lips after fights are fit for ladies when he speaks his tongue sounds like a trumpet all his lineaments are as a man would wish em strong and clean he wears a well-steeled axe the staff of gold his age some five-and-twenty there's another a little man but of a tough soul seeming as great as any fairer promises in such a body yet i never looked on oh he that's freckle-faced the same my lord are they not sweet ones yes they're well methinks being so few and well disposed they show great and fine art and nature his white-haired not wanton white but such a manly colour next to an auburn tough and nimble set which shews an active soul his arms are brawny limbed with strong sinews to the shoulder-piece gently they swell like women new-conceived which speaks him prone to labour never fainting under the weight of arms stout-hearted still but when he stirs a tiger 
his great eyed which yields compassion where he conquers sharp to spy advantages and when he finds them he's swift to take em his he does no wrongs nor takes none he's round-faced and when he smiles he shows a lover when he frowns a soldier about his head he wears the winner's oak and in it stuck the favour of his lady his age some six-and-thirty in his hand he bears a charging staff embossed with silver are they all thus they're all the sons of honour now as i have a soul i long to see em lady you shall see men fight now i wish it but not the cause my lord they would show bravely about the titles of two kingdoms tis pity love should be so tyrannous oh my soft-hearted sister what think you weep not till they weep blood you have steeled em with your beauty honoured friend to you i give the field pray order it fitting the persons that must use it yes sir come i'll go visit em i cannot stay their fame has fired me so till they appear good friend be royal there shall want no bravery poor wench go weep for whosoever wins loses a noble cousin for thy sins exeunt scene three athens a room in the prison enter jailer wooer and doctor her distraction is more at some time of the moon than at the other sum is it not she is continually in a harmless distemper sleeps little altogether without appetite save often drinking dreaming of another world and a better and what broken piece of matter soe'er she's about the name pelamon lards it that she forces every business withal fits it to every question look where she comes you shall perceive her behaviour and her daughter i have forgot it quite the burden on't was downa downa and penned by no worse man than Geraldo, Emilia's schoolmaster. He's as fantastical, too, as ever he may go upon his legs. For in the next world will Dido see Palamon, and then will she be out of love with Aeneas. What stuff's here? Poor soul. Ain't this all day long? Now for this charm I told you of. You must bring a piece of silver on the tip of your tongue or no ferry then if it be your chance to come where the blessed spirits are there's a sight now we maids that have our lives perished cracked to pieces with love we shall come there and do nothing all day long but pick flowers with proserpine then will i make palamon a nosegay then let him mark me then how prettily she is amiss not her a little further faith i'll tell you some time we go to barley break we of the blest alas tis a sore life they have in the other place such burning hissing howling chattering cursing oh they have such shrewd measures take heed if one be mad or hang or drown themselves thither they go jupiter bless us and there they shall be put in a cauldron of lead and usurer's grease, amongst a whole million of cut-purses, and there boil like a gammon of bacon that will never be enough. How she continues this fancy! Tis not an engraft madness, 
but a most thick and profound melancholy to hear there a proud lady and a proud city wife howl together i were a beast and i'd call it good sport i will be true my stars my fate i will be true exit daughter what think you of her sir i think she has a perturbed mind which i cannot minister to alas what then understand you she ever affected any man ere she beheld palamon i was once sir in great hope she had fixed a liking on this gentleman my friend i did think so too and would account i had a great penance on it to give half my state that both she and i at this present stood unfaintly on the same terms that intemperate surefit of her high hath distempered the other senses they may return and settle again to execute their preordained faculties but they are now in a most extravagant vagary this you must do confine her to a place where the light may rather seem to steal in than be permitted take upon you young sir her friend the name of palamon say you come to eat with her and to commune of love this will catch her attention for this her mind beats upon other objects that are inserted between her mind and eye become the pranks and friskings of her madness sing to her such green songs of love as she says palamon hath sung in prison come to her stuck in as sweet flowers as the season is mistress of and that too make an addition of some other compounded orders which are grateful to the sense all this shall become palamon for palamon can sing and palamon is sweet and every good thing desire to eat with her carve her drink to her and still among intermingle your petition of grace and acceptance into her favour learn what mates have been her companions and playfellows and let them repair to her with palamon in their mouths and appear with tokens as if they suggested for him it is a falsehood she is in which is with falsehoods to be combated this may bring her to eat to sleep and to reduce what is now out of square in her into the former love and regiment i have seen it approved how many times i know not but to make the number more i have a great hope in this i will between the passages of this project come in with my appliance let us put it in execution and hasten the success which doubt not will bring forth comfort exeunt end of act 4